Hello everyone. Welcome to Lessons from the Fire podcast. This is Amanda Hurd speaking and I guess I'm your host today. I don't know what you'd really call me. I'm just going to be the one talking to you. (laughs) So today on Lessons from the Fire, we're going to talk about five simple things you can do to reduce your anxiety symptoms. And First and foremost, I do want to say that the things I'm going to tell you today are not in any way intended to be a cure for anxiety. They will not completely take it away or remove it. However, these tips will be very, very important to lessen your symptoms and lessen the experience of anxiety that you have and they will aid in your recovery and help you recover faster. So, let's get right into it. Number one is get rest. We live in such a busy culture. I would go so far to say that busyness is an idol in America. We worship this perpetual state of always having some something to do or somewhere to be. You know, it makes us feel important. It makes us feel useful and needed. However, This mindset of having to be busy all day, every day, and achieve every goal we put on our to-do list is toxic. And it's toxic because it takes over our lives and it dominates all of our expectations. You know, thoughts when you have this belief system look like, I can't stop to take a nap when I'm tired. I'm too busy to be tired. Or, you know, maybe other people get tired and, you know, have to rest more than I do, but not me. You know, I just keep on pushing through. And it can almost turn into a refusal to rest because you see needing rest as a weakness. Now, I know that hits me all out there because I so relate to that. So I'll say it one more time. It can almost turn into a refusal to rest because you see needing rest as a weakness. But where we draw the line on how much rest we need is going to be different for everyone. I know I have to get at least seven hours of sleep a night, at least seven, or I'm cranky, feeling all kinds of crazy, you know, my mind is racing more, and my symptoms of anxiety are increasing, and I'm just generally not in a good headspace. However, for you, it might be different. Maybe you can function with six or seven, But I'm going to tell you right now, four or five hours is not going to cut it. You've got to prioritize sleep. Sleep is where we recharge our body. It's where we relax our brain. And if you're recovering from an anxiety disorder, you've got to get more than a couple hours of sleep a night. Or you will feel more anxious. You will feel more symptomatic. And you will have increased negative thoughts and feelings. I did a little bit of research on this. And a 2014 study done by Binghamton University found that when you go to bed and how long you sleep affect how difficult it is for you to stop worrying. These researchers found that people who sleep for shorter periods of time and went to bed later often experience more repetitive negative thoughts than others. And this was also true for some of the students that they studied that described themselves as evening types. Now, another study in 2020 found that their participants didn't feel 
as down or depressed so much as they just felt like a flattening of their emotions when they slept less than normal. They felt less joy, less enthusiasm, and just generally, you know, less excitement about life. And so sleep is super important, people. You have to prioritize your rest. Turn off the television, your phone, just turn it off an hour before bed. Read a book, listen to music, wind down, you know, take an hour or so before it's time to go to bed and just wind down. If you have laundry, if you have dishes or any other choice chores to do, just don't stay up late. Go to bed. You will be more energized in the morning and you'll get it done faster than anyways. Plus, you'll be so much happier that you got all that stuff done with a calmer mind and a calmer body because you got enough sleep. Now, moving right along. Point number two, limit your caffeine. Now, this one should be obvious, but because of the idol of busyness we just talked about, um, our country actually really does have a severe caffeine addiction. One website that I looked at that studied coffee sales found that you that the United States imports in excess of four billion with a B billion four billion dollars worth of coffee per year. We import that. And on average, Americans consume four million cups of coffee per day, making the United States the leading consumer of coffee in the entire world. The entire world. Now, if that is an addiction, I do not know what is. And we love caffeine because we love busyness. We love to go and to do and to make ourselves believe we are just so important. And if we don't keep going, the world might stop spinning. And heaven forbid we actually slow down long enough to get rest so we don't need the coffee the next day. Now that, that would be a crazy idea. Okay, people, caffeine is a stimulant. If you drink it, it will make your heart race. It will make your mind race and so on and so on. I mean, that is the point of it. We drink it so we can speed up, get energy, and go, 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 go. You know, if you're if you're trying to relax your body and your mind and recover from an anxiety disorder, you've got to cut out caffeine completely. Yes, I did say that, and yes, I also had to do that. After I was a about a two cup a day drinker of coffee for several years, I had to quit cold turkey. And I didn't touch any caffeine, no tea, no coke, no coffee, no nothing for nearly six months and it was awful and even after that even after that six months when I got to a point where I wanted to kind of try it out and see you know how I did with it I would only drink maybe a half of a coke and that would get me wound up so right here I want to stop for half of a second and talk about the different caffeine content in a lot of popular drinks to help you guys understand exactly what I mean by too much caffeine so, Sprite and many brands of root beer are about the only soft drinks on the planet that don't have caffeine. Now, there's also Gatorade and herbal teas and a brand called Body Armor that makes drinks, really good drinks, that don't have caffeine. So, those are really, really good, flavorful options that uh, you can look forward to and enjoy drinking while you're in this process of recovering from your anxiety disorder and staying away from the caffeine. But please do not forget to read labels and watch your sugar intake because 
over-consuming all kinds of sugary drinks is not going to do nothing to help your body and your mind. So then we can move on from there. The next level, level up in um, amount of caffeine is caffeinated tea. So this is what's going to be sold at a restaurant or event venues or anywhere tea is sold kind of to the general public. Now, unfortunately, our culture does not distribute decaf tea and coffee very often. And most tea will have anywhere between 15 to 80 milligrams per serving. So it's definitely not decaf. It's definitely not all the way without caffeine. But it is low enough that it might not affect you so much as obviously like a coffee or a Coke. But again, please read these labels because a lot of these bottled and canned drinks will have two and three servings per bottle. And so what you think might be a little is actually going to be tripled. Now, the FDA claims that the average person can have around 400 milligrams of caffeine a day and be perfectly fine. However, if you're recovering from an anxiety disorder, you need to cut that down to zero for at least the first six months. And it really depends on how overstimulated your body is, but I think a good general rule is no caffeine for the first six months. And after a good while, you can try increasing it to maybe 100 milligrams a day. And even though every person is different, everybody's nervous system is not. So caffeine will cause your symptoms of anxiety to increase if you drink it. And when it comes to caffeinated coffee, I would just say completely remove that from your diet until you've actually mastered the art of not responding to your symptoms and not worrying about your anxious feelings. A small Starbucks coffee can have nearly like 400 milligrams of caffeine in one cup. And this is a small we're talking about. And if you like to get the largest as on the menu, you could be consuming enough caffeine for three days in one sitting. So please, just do yourself a favor, get some rest, lower your caffeine intake, and let your body recover. Dumping gobs of stimulants into your already overworked body will only make you feel more frazzled and out of control. So just make the sacrifice and limit the coffees, limit the lattes, limit all the fancy drinks you'll be having. And I promise you, it will make you feel better. It will aid in your recovery and you will start to see breakthrough in a faster amount of time. So let's stop right here. Let's take a short break. Thank you so much for listening to Lessons from the Fire podcast. I will be back in just a second. Amanda here. Thank you so much for listening to Lessons from the Fire podcast. Could you do me a huge favor? When you're done with this episode, will you leave me a five-star review wherever you're listening? Leaving reviews helps the podcast become more visible and get into the hands and the ears of those who need it. Everything I share and teach on this show is for you, the listener. So I want to get these truths into the ears of people who need it most. So share with a friend, leave a review, and thank you so much for listening to Lessons from the Fire podcast.
Welcome back to Lessons from the Fire podcast. Um, let's continue with five simple things you can do to reduce your anxiety symptoms. And number three is limit alcohol. Yeah, I know some of you ain't going to like that one. And as a lot of you already know, I am a Christian. I love me some Jesus. And I know a lot of people think the Bible absolutely forbids drinking alcohol. Well, actually, it does not. And in fact, Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine. So, if drinking alcohol in any way, shape, or form was sinful, that would mean the God that created the universe and the laws we abide by to live in it broke his own rules of morality while performing his first miracle. Yeah, I don't think so. And, guys, I am not here to debate how much alcohol is too much alcohol to stay righteous. I do not care what side of the argument you are on. What I do want to discuss is why you need to be drinking like a Baptist during recovery. And, um, hint, hint, Baptists do not drink. Now, look, I know when you're struggling with symptoms of anxiety... And you feel like you just want to run away screaming and leave your body behind. Alcohol can seem like a good solution. So you can just be for a minute and just relax and not have to think about anxiety for another second. And you know, having one drink might actually help you. But the problem is, the problem is, it is incredibly hard to just have one when each time you drink, you feel a little bit better. And one more makes you feel a little bit better. And before you know, you're feeling way too good. But then, but then, you have the next day. And after all the alcohol you had, and alcohol is a depressant, by the way, after all of that wears off your body will rebound and your symptoms of anxiety will come flaring right back up after that bodyguard of booze is no longer suffocating them and I need to be transparent with you guys and say I really did struggle with this during recovery so I totally get it some days I, I wanted nothing more than just to get a good buzz and catch my breath you know but it never failed the times that I did drink too much I felt even worse the next day more anxious more depressed more out of control alcohol will do that to you so it's really best to limit your drinking to maybe I mean, and maybe one drink per week. That isn't, you know, a hard and fast rule, but I'm saying one drink so you understand what I mean by a limit. And don't rationalize with yourself that two a night is only a few. Because we all know that it ain't. Now, let's talk about number four. Reduce stress. I need to be super direct on this. Relationships are tough. People are sinful and hard to deal with. But if you're struggling through recovery and have some particularly difficult relationships or things you're managing, limit your time with them or cut them out temporarily. It may sound cruel, but if you want to get to a healthy place, again, you have to prioritize managing your stress levels. Now, I'm not talking about blocking their number or never answering their calls. But just promise yourself that if certain relationships wear you down more than others, then maybe for a couple of months, just don't overexert yourself and spend extra time trying to make them work. 
Now, obviously, this does not apply to marriage. That is a totally different ballpark and not something you can put on the back burner and be in right standing with God. When it comes to other relationships, though, let the Spirit guide you. That is what the Holy Spirit is there for. He will show you what is okay and what you can do and still value the other person while you recover. And also, you need to reevaluate your schedule. Your kids may not get to be involved in every activity they want to be in. You might not get to do every event you want to do. This does not make you a bad parent or a weak person. It makes you wise. You are valuing something that is extremely important, which is your mental health and making sacrifices to get well so you can get to a place where you can give your all later on when you get healed. Now, this last one might be one of the most difficult. It certainly is the most difficult for me and Hopefully it won't be the most difficult for you, but number five is give yourself grace. Give yourself gobs and gobs and gobs of grace. This may be the most important part of your recovery, giving yourself grace. Throw every single expectation out the window of how long you think it'll take you to recover from an anxiety disorder and what you think that should look like. Allow yourself to have a few good days, and then have some bad ones. Don't be discouraged by it. Do not allow the enemy to tell you you're failing because you aren't. You are learning. No one, no one, no one, no one masters anything after a few weeks or months. And Man, I wish I could have believed that in the middle of my recovery, so I'm begging you guys to believe that now. You are learning, so you won't do everything perfect from day one. You may forget, you might drink too much coffee one day, and you might end up sending yourself into a short spiral of panic because you forget one of your steps of recovery. And it happens. It does. It happens to me. It's happened to my counselor. It happens to everyone. Everybody's done it. Just breathe. Just breathe in those tough moments. Don't focus on the feelings of anxiety. Don't focus on your negative or dark thoughts. Just breathe and allow it to pass. As you faithfully practice accepting your uncomfortable symptoms of anxiety, those things will get better and they will start to go away. Give yourself grace to recover ungracefully. Seriously, it won't be pretty. You will have thoughts like, am I ever going to get over this? <laughs> Why can't I get past this? Doesn't everybody else get over it faster than I do? But understand there's really no specific timeline for how fast you will recover. It depends on how faithfully you practice your coping mechanisms and learning to passively accept your symptoms of anxiety is one of the most important things you can do. And that is why we're going to discuss that on the next show. Your recovery depends on how often you cheat on the things that I've mentioned previously. Now, that's not going to keep you from recovering, but it can significantly slow down the process. So please give yourself grace to rest as much as you need to, to commit to less things if you need to do that. But please don't cancel on people at the last minute because that's kind of rude, you know. And <laughs> limit caffeine 
and limit your alcohol and be kind in the way you speak to yourself out loud and internally. So that is all the time that I got for today. Thank you so, so much for listening to Lessons from the Fire podcast. Again, I would love and appreciate you guys leaving a five-star review wherever you're listening to this. So it will pop up in front of more people and this information can get into the hands or in the ears or whatever of those people who need it. And with that, you know what time it is. It's time for the gospel, people. Um, if you have listened to this show at all, or if you've never listened to it all before, this is the part where I tell you about Jesus. Jesus Christ is Lord of the universe. He is the God who died for you and the God who loves you. He is amazing. Um, to quote probably the most quoted scripture in all the Bible, John three sixteen, For God, Jesus, so loved the world. That he gave his only son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And in short, that's the gospel right there. God created the world. God loved the world. God gave us free will. We turned from him. We chose not to follow him. So he had to die in our place so that forgiveness could be had, so that redemption could be had for our sin and our bad decision. And that's the simple truth. God loves you and he loves me and he wants to be in relationship with us. He is our father, our friend, our savior, and our Lord. And he is so amazing. And I pray today that you guys will receive that truth and you will allow Jesus to become Lord of your life. And if you have any questions about what all that means for you and what that looks like and anything else that I've talked about today, please reach out um, to my email. Miss, M-I-S-S, Amanda K, the letter K, 44, Miss Amanda K, 44, at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you. I would love to hear more about your journey with anxiety recovery. I would love to take any questions you have about what the gospel is and who Jesus is. So I hope you guys have a fantastic day. I hope the things I've shared help you guys and just keep on keeping on. Oh, and that that one line that I said (laughs) in the middle that I really liked, give yourself grace to recover ungracefully. Let that be your, your slogan this week, whatever you want to call it. Talk to you later. Have a great day.